Hi, welcome to episode 130 of In The Move Podcast. I'm Peter Shepard and the female voice you can hear is Irini and um, the other one's Cal. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay, um, so this week we'll talk about awards films, um, but has anyone got anything they want to bring up? Has anything amazing happened? Marina Arms. <laughs> <laughs> Marina Arms is life. <laughs> Has there been any garden activity? I'm not, I, I can quite possibly comment. <laughs> okay, um, Olympiakos winning the league, Rini? Woo, yes, we did. Of course we did. We always do. Well, it's already finished. Well, uh, mathematically... They can't lose. Yes, mathematically. Basically, the rest of the teams that they've got to play are so crap they can't lose. That's embarrassing. <laughs> In January... It's basically once they've played. It's basically once they've played Ike and um, Panathinaikos and beaten them, and then they've won. <laughs> yep. Oh wow. Um, has anyone got any other non-film news this week? Is um, Ed Sheeran still terrorising you, Pete? <laughs> oh God, who is it at the moment? Um, no, they actually laid off a bit on Sheeran. It's more. Um, God, I'm just blanking it out. I'm actually successfully blanking it out. <laughs> That's progress. Muckbusted. Muckbusted. Have they actually got a song? I thought they were just touring. Yeah, they've got. They've had. They've had one. They got another. It's just grim beyond belief. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's been a tough week then. <laughs> okay, so actually, it's still tough because we're going to talk about some deaths this week. Um, first death, Anita Ekberg died this week. Mm. Yeah, I saw that one. Which, um, obviously, most famous for being in La Dolce Vita. Iconic. And, um, did she do much else? Was she... Not that I've seen, but I mean, it's she hasn't really done stuff... I think it's, it's just things that last, isn't it? Um... Yeah, I mean, probably lots of obscure things she like, did in there. Someone like Gina Lollobrigida, she's like not really in the same breath nowadays as the likes of Loren and Cardinale, which is because her individual films haven't lasted as well. Yeah. But back back yeah. at the time, she was bigger. I than, well, see... b- bigger than Cardinale, anyway. I could see that she did Woman Time 7 which in 1967, which is this kind of interesting anthology thing with seven segments which Shirley MacLaine's really good in mm. um, that's from De Sica. so it seems like she only did work with Italian directors mm. so yeah. but you know she was 83 so. mm. not bad innings indeed next we have uh, Francesco Rosi died who have you, anyone heard of him I don't think so he won, he's um, got the honour of having won the Palm Door and the Golden Lion. Oh. What for? Director? The... No, the best film for both. So he, for Venice, uh, he won with Hands Over the City. And when for. Was it? When was this? This was, in, this was in 63. 60s. And um, he won the Palm Door in 1972 with The Matai Affair. Hmm. Thank you for that obscureness. It's usually me. 
<laughs> well, neither of us have seen it, so. Um, and the last death is Samuel Goldwyn Jr. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. He's obviously of the Goldwyn family. Um, famous producer. And he did Master and Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes. A bit yeah. random. And um, some other assorted films like Stella, the remake of Stella Dallas. <laughs> the Preacher's Wife, the remake of The Bishop's Wife. And, so it's like, uh, just like new daddy's films as like templates. I think so. Mm. And he also did Mystic Pizza. <laughs> El Super Classico. <laughs> oh dear. Um, okay, so last bit of news before the globe is Isabel Choir's new film is um, going to open the Berlin Film Festival. Yeah. I've no idea how to say her name. Is Choir? I, I, I call her Koichet. I thought it was Koichet. Isabel Koichet. Mm. I'm sure it's not an X, but. <laughs> it's probably a Z. Koichet. Koichet. Z would be French. They say no idea. Yeah. I you love her no I'm... matter what. You knew what I meant. Mm. Um, this is called Nobody Wants the Night, and it stars Juliette Binoche, Rinko Kikuchi, and Gabriel Byrne. One question, did she write it? No. Oh, God. <laughs> did she write can... Elegy? Yeah, no. Uh, Roth. It was, uh, no. I love Elegy. No, but that's the thing. I, lo- I really loved Secret Life. Words. Uh, Secret Life of Words. Of words you. and uh, Maps yeah. of the Sounds of Tokyo. That's no, amazing. I was going to go before that. I was going to go My Life Without Me. The oh, yes. Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I I need to shout out to uh, Maps of the Sound of Tokyo. I, I, I adore this movie. It's because it's got Sergio Lopez in it. Yes, and Rinko. So I'm very excited title. for this one. I love um, Penelope Cruz in Elegy. She's amazing. I thought... Um, and Kingsley as well. No, I... Thought, I, I I remember at the time saying that um, Kingsley was in my top five, and if he stayed there, then the year would just be have completely died, and he stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are we excited for that one? Very. Ish. I think it's set in the... I don't know if it's the Alps or the Himalayas or something, but there's a lot of snow. Oh God, it's Alps too. It's <laughs> personal. Shut up. <laughs> And of course at Berlin, obviously not the most famous thing at Berlin because Fifty Shades of Grey is there. I just know nothing about this, quite blissfully. (laughs) Okay. Um, Alright, so on to the Globes. So, who watched it? I did. That sound you can't hear is me not raising my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen any of it, Pete? No. Okay. Do you know the winners? I know some because they mentioned it on the radio and also because I follow um, an Amy Adams um, thing on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll start with Best Picture uh, Drama, which was Boyhood. Mm. Which Obviously. Probably not so, a surprise, although it's not really a Globes-type film. It isn't. But, but what's, what's the competition? <laughs> Well, Selma could have won it. Or... So, yeah, but Selma's... It's a bit too late, isn't it? Mm. I mean, when did they vote? A month ago? It's probably... Mm. Yeah. Probably just not 
got there in time. Uh, best picture comedy or a musical, The Grand Budapest Hotel won that. Yeah. Most amazing thing that happened. So surprising. What, what else would have won Birdman? Birdman, yeah. Or Into the Woods, maybe, but Birdman. Birdman and Into the Woods were both ahead of it in the book and the bookies stakes. So. It's such an inspired choice. I really, I really did not expect it. It made me very happy. Never gonna watch that film. But it's ninety, <laughs> it's ninety people on the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so it stands to reason that there are going to be some surprises. Well, yes, yeah. but then if you look at that, that didn't it lead the BAFTA nominations? Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. It seems like it's come a long way in the last couple of months. People really, and it came out. Did it come out in February? Yep, it came out last Berlin. It so played in last Berlin, yeah. That's impressive that it's managed to last that long. What boy would be that early too? Yeah. Earlier, Sundance. Mm. Uh, best actress in a drama, Julianne Moore in Still mm. Alice. Mm. Um, Obvious. That, yeah. Mm. Best actress in a drama, Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. Is that a surprise for the Globes? No. no. Well, of the Cumberbatch, or yeah. Cumberbatch, they might. Uh, what what what's their record on him and Sherlock? That's the only thing I'd ask. I don't think it's won. Well, uh, yeah. Carell, I think. Carell's won. As my, my, my prediction was Carell because he's won a lot of times, but uh, yeah. Um, best actor in a musical or a comedy: Michael Keaton in Birdman. Obvious. Um, that is. Obviously not a surprise, but finds maybe close there, given mm. Grand Budapest won mm. this picture. A statues in a musical or a comedy, Amy Adams in Big Eyes. Which was a surprise. Over? Over Emily Blunt. Yeah, well, she's just way better. <laughs> <laughs> but they love Emily Blunt. They nominated her for Salmon Fishing yeah, in the Gideon's Yemen. Daughter. And yeah, Yeah. I think, I think... <laughs> I think with Blunt, it was more justifying their double TV nom for her back in the day. I think that's why she's got some of the nominations she has. And it's almost as if now they're like, okay, fine, we'll always nominate her. So. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't give it to Blunt, though. Just, I don't know. Is it like four nominations she's got now? Or is it Gideon's Daughter, to be more which than is four. horrendous? Um, Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, uh, the salmon fishing. Salmon fishing, and uh, now into the woods. More on that later. <laughs> Indeed, um, best supporting actor: J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. That looks like a sweep. Mm-hmm. And Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, which looks Same. like a sweep. Yeah. Is there any? Okay, considering we're, um, I know we're going to do Oscar predictions later, but I'll just get it out of the way now. Um, considering that. Uh, there's usually some kind of surprise, uh, and Boyhood's probably going to win, and mm-hmm. Boyhood's probably going to get supporting actress. Is yes. there any chance Ethan nope. got rides along? Nope. Because I'm, I'm just surprised that Ethan hasn't got more of a chance. Because I, I agree with Pete that he was a lot better than Arquette, and it seems like he's not being properly recognised. Like he hasn't won any critics awards. Well, it's the argument that he seems like he's playing himself and the effortlessness of it all. It doesn't look like he's acting. Yes. But uh, yeah, Simmons is not losing. If, you know, the 1% chance that he's losing, it's going to Norton, but there's no way he's losing. 
Um, it'd be nice for him though, like, because he's obviously been a character actor for a long mm. time. And well, I just hope he's people. good. Yeah. <laughs> when do you <laughs> get to see it? It's uh, next week. Next week. Oh, ooh, exciting! Okay. Yeah, we'll see. But I he's... can't imagine. I think he'll be worse than Norton. Not that I think Norton was bad, but I mean, I don't imagine that for that praise from that sort of actor. Well, you like mm. him anyway, so I do. it stands to reason you're probably going to like him in this, but mm. we'll see. Um, director Richard Linklater in Boyhood. Is that a surprise? Not really. It's a director's film. and there, is, is, Was there a... I don't think there's really a star-named director from up it, is there? Well, in Yaratu, didn't Babel win the Globe? Mm. Yes. And did in Yaratu win as well? Oh. Oh, six. D- Marty for the... Scorsese, yeah. Okay. Uh, screenplay went to Birdman. Yeah. Which was in Yari too. Yeah. Uh, foreign yeah. film went to Leviathan from Russia. Which that was surprising. That was a bit of a surprise, yeah. That they didn't pick either. Or Force Majeure, which is the uh, pop choice. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because you just, that category, you kind of never know what they're going to nominate, so. If it depends, Leviathan. Balzac and the little snubbed. Chinese seamstress. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that exists. I know it's so great, <laughs> and, and it's about a flooded. It's about a, a, a valley that gets flooded. <laughs> That's the plot of the film. God, I think there's one about a valley that gets flooded this year. Like the Georgia one. Salmon fishing in the Yemen. Yeah, <laughs> salmon fishing in the Jordan. <laughs> and it's about F one. <laughs> um, best animated film went to How to Train Your Dragon 2 also a yeah. surprise I think that's just no, I that's just, no why do you think the Lego movie didn't win this because it's shit <laughs> oh but they love it that's that never stopped anything before yeah oh yeah could have gone to Big Hero 6 I don't know do you think maybe there's some guilt the fact that how to Train Your Dragon, the first one, didn't win anything because Toy Story 3 cleaned up. No, I think it's just that um, it's shit. Lego movie shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, best original score, Johan Johansson. What a terrible name. The theory of everything. Really? Which I thought, was lo- I thought was a lovely score. I don't really remember it that much. What was it up against? Uh, Birdman? Interstellar. Imitation Birdman's game? score was horrendous. Oh, I love Birdman's score. So what was that Imitation Game? Birdman. Uh, Birdman In- Interstellar. Uh, yeah, no. and. Uh, oh, oh. What it's else? Undersc- it's what underscores the film, not what overscores it. Hmm. I can't remember what else was nominated. No, mm. me neither. That's just a really poor, really poor lineup. And best original song went to Glory from Selma, which is by John Legend and Common. Nobody cares. <laughs> but we do care that it was presented by Prince, which was the best moment of the whole ceremony. The reaction. He's so weird. <laughs> it's so amazing how everybody reacted to him. So fantastic. It was like a stand innovation, wasn't there? Yeah, and people were whistling and clapping and smiling because it was so. Weird and unexpected. I love that moment. <laughs> and he was just standing there. <laughs> it's great. The, I, 
the thing I liked best about the presenters, obviously Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin presented one, which yeah. is just amazing. And they've got a new show coming out, mm. um, which is just going to be amazing, I'm sure. Agreed. Um, and also Meryl presented Best Picture because... Of... She wasn't in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, but um, it's just na- it's just obvious that she should present Best Picture because she's the best person ever. <laughs> More on that in Into the Woods later. Oh, God. <laughs> I've seen your Facebook comments, by the way. Yeah, I saw yeah. them too. I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, that's probably the last ones you'll ever see. <laughs> I'm off Facebook now. Oh, really? Yeah. More on it's that because, later. No, it's just because Facebook stops your friends from actually um, contacting you because they see what you're doing. So they think, oh, I don't need to actually ring them or text them or, or actually do anything because I can t- see the picture or see the update. I think it's really counterproductive. I think it uh, stops people from having relationships. Blame Mark Zuckerberg. I do. <laughs> absolute git. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, it, it, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Irene, what did you think? Um, I liked them. There wasn't enough of them, I think. Uh, I liked the opening um, monologue. Uh, I think Dual- the joke. Duologue. Duologue. They had uh, my favorite joke of the night was um, they played a game of uh, Who'd You Rather, and uh, with the people in the room. And, it was very uh, us. Yeah, and it had the uh, Who'd You Rather uh, re- uh, Linklater or Inyaritu, and uh, Polar said Inyaritu two hours one take all in, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Tina said uh, Linklater five minutes once a year. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. I yeah. love the joke about um, George Clooney's wife yeah, yeah. and all her humanitarian <laughs> achievements. And then they're like, but her husband is getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Um, but there was yeah. also a Bill Cosby joke. Um, so they're being nicer than they were. The uh, They said that Quentin was the star of her sexual nightmares and then that uh, James Cameron torture joke. <laughs> <laughs> The James Cameron joke was good. <laughs> but this was like, um, they were talking about Into the Woods and Cind- R- R- Rapunzel, I think, yeah. What was it? The Rapunzel gets thrown out of a tower for the prince. Um, Something like that. I didn't get it, the, uh, the joke, the Cosby said, joke. And then they said, and Sleeping Beauty just thought she was having coffee with Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think the best speech was, Irene? Um, I really liked um, one of the TV speeches, actually. Gina Rodriguez, who won for Jane the Virgin, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I thought she was really, really sweet. Um, I loved her. And uh, I don't know. I really didn't like Clooney. I, I like no. him in general. I'm a big fan of his, but I couldn't stand him last night. And uh, I couldn't stand think? Jared Leto. I mean, Jared Leto came to present an award and then went off on this big preachy little announcement about France and he's just so cringe, honestly. Yeah. I know, have you seen his band? <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, Wes Anderson's speech. Oh, he was he was genuinely surprised. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia Arquette just read like read a pre prepared speech from a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Like, not even names. I think it was the exact <laughs> speech was from the paper, which was just big no-no. 
Okay, so let's get on to the first oh, 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 one more. Oh, uh, I oh. loved the uh, the speech of uh, the woman who did Transparent, the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah she, I, I, that was very sweet, too. The way yeah. she talked about the, the Transparent community. Yeah. That was sweet without being too cheesy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, so the fashion. Mm-hmm. Who do you think was the best dressed of the night? Pete, what do you think? Because you've just seen them. Best dressed. I was looking down. Um, I'd say, uh, think that's a question. Best dressed and then who looks the best. <laughs> <laughs> come back to me. I'm going to reflip, reflip to come back to me on that one. Irene? Okay, so what do you want? Top three? Yeah, let's go top three. Okay, uh, I loved Emma Stone. Uh, I if think she didn't was... have trousers, it would look, she would win. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the trousers either. No, I really liked it, and it reminded me. It reminded me of what uh, Emma Watson was wearing last year, which was trousers again with a weird bow thing. I really yeah. liked it. I loved Julian Moore. Everybody yes, was wearing silver yesterday, but hers, I think, it was really regal. It was very appropriate for a winner. Yeah, well. yeah, awesome dress. But my most favorite of them all, the one that made me the happiest, is actually uh, David Ogilowo. Who was wearing? Uh, did you see his suit? No, seriously, no. go look at his suit. He was wearing a blue sparkly suit with kind of a galaxy print on it, and uh, sparkly uh, black shoes, like glittery. Uh, I can't describe it. Go look at the pictures and the way it looked on camera. It was so so beautiful. It was. I'm seeing it now. I loved that. That made me happier than any of the gowns. Yeah, it is lovely, actually. What's with the shoes? I don't know, but I'd love them. <laughs> I think it's so fantastic to wear something like that. He's yeah. awesome. Looking on Google Image, he doesn't ever seem to wear a black suit. He's in a love this lovely purple suit, I can see here. Yeah. With the Selma premiere. So what um, about you? Top three? My favourite, um, well, shout out to Conchita Versed. Um, mm-hmm. Not the Versed tonight, or last <laughs> night. Um <laughs> thought she looked great um yep and um i thought kate hudson looked spectacular uh, even though it was risque what i thought she looked something else (laughs) and my favorite is actually christine baranski oh yeah i just think you know she's in her 60s i think and she just looks oh she's getting there and she just looks amazing yeah she's a badass perfect Below the waist, Julianne. Above the waist, Emma Stone. Um, wh- Where's the poots? I can't see her. I can't see her. <laughs> she wasn't was there, she was there? she? No. Probably no. not. No, she wasn't there. No, she's too good for the clothes. <laughs> grief, good grief. Disgrace, disgrace. Naomi no. looked quite nice. She had yeah. this weird snake she necklace looks, on. She looks, she looks extraordinarily thin, but yeah, I'll go with Naomi actually. Yeah. Okay. Jello didn't. Jello didn't disgrace herself for once. Yeah, Jello looked good. Worst dressed. Um, yeah, well, it's all, there's one answer, and it's it's uh, my childhood chum. Is well, not. No, really. come no, on. Think, have you not seen? Ke- have you not seen Kira Knightley? Oh, I liked. I kind of Probably liked not. Kira. I think it suits her. Was she hiding around the lamppost? <laughs> it's on. It's on that page. Right. Um, she's wearing a. It's like a three-tiered. Is it ruffles? 
Uh, it's not ruffles. It's uh, yeah, it's a three-tiered thing with butterflies. But she had to sew the uh, baby bump. That was the the whole thing. Yeah, Pike's, Pike is terrible. Pike is terrible because it's daring, of the f- though. It's she just Ar- had a kid. Well, Ar- yeah, it's boring. That's the difference. If uh, if Rosamund Pike's dress fitted better, it could be one of the best. But it didn't the- even fit. No, it had sides at the top. So weird. It had sides at the top. Um, I was also very disappointed by Lupita. Yeah, yeah I, I thought did. it looked it looked better close up, but then when yeah. you look at it from further away, it looks like flowers have just withered and died on her. Yeah, and I really love flowery things, but not that. However, when she got up on stage to present, I don't remember what she presented, and she was wearing those glasses. She was so, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the uh, worst dress... Uh, was by far Lana Del Rey with that. I thought you said, thought you said Tina. Fine. Lana Del Rey. It's like fifties, but then it's like no, it's, saloon barmaid. Yeah, it's kitschy fifties and kitschy in a bad, non, you know, retro way. I don't know. Okay, okay, yes, I bow to your superior knowledge. Kira does win this. <laughs> <laughs> However, Lana Del Rey, it's not as bad as her song. No, agreed. The song is awful. And I love Lana Del Rey's music, but that Absolutely song is... Absolutely agreed. It's the one in Big Eyes, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, I walked out. I was walking out at that point. Your big eyes and your big lies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the middle of the film as well. It's not just at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? After the uh, Gatsby song last year, I don't care what she does. She has a free pass for all eternity. Yeah, but if she gets nominated for Big Eyes and not Gatsby, that'll be a travesty. Oh, but do, uh, do you remember... Um, uh, no, I don't want to talk about Mommy. Don't talk about Mommy. <laughs> Why? Because the land uses Young and Beautiful in Mommy. Because that's how amazing he is. Anyway, don't don't let me start on Dolan. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> um, Jessica Chastain looked really nice. Yeah. When but like. She? Imagine Conchita's dress on Jessica Chastain. How majestic would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams looked lovely colour on Amy Adams, but Uh, Amy Adams never really takes many risks. Uh, My problem with Amy Adams is that both the hairstyle and the colour and the style of the dress reminded me of uh, uh, the dress that uh, Chastain wore wore in uh, Cannes this year, the one where it was really, really windy and it was blowing off everywhere. Do you remember the one? No. (laughs) Oh, just Google Jessica Chastain Cannes 2014 and you'll see the uh, million times better version of last night's uh, I don't look. think Amy I don't think the 50s hair really suits Amy she's got she's gone for, she's got her 40s hair she's gone for that sort of 40s like type look certainly didn't suit her in big eyes <laughs> oh god less said than the better okay um preconceptions okay oh that's me yeah we've only got two <laughs> films this week uh, yeah we're doing Foxcatcher and <laughs> <laughs> Into the woods. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I was just trying to remember what it was. I blanked it from my memory. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> All right. Preconceptions for Foxcatcher, really. Uh well, I really like Bennett Miller. I think Capote was fantastic, but even more than Capote, I adore Moneyball more than 
most things. Um, I really like the way he's he puts his movies together, the way he tells you know real stories without them being full of cliches. Uh, and uh, I really like the unexpected looks he look that he has. So I was very very mm-hmm. excited. I went into it expecting a top five movie, you know, top five of the year. Okay. No pressure then. <laughs> yeah. Pete? Um, my preconceptions were based on the trailer. Obviously, we've said this before that Steve Carell looks really bad in it. I was very worried that with Steve Carell looking really bad in the trailer and having Channing Tatum, who, while I don't have any problem with him at all, I think he's okay in a lot of things. He's never struck me as an actor of any sort of worth. Um, it was just worrying that this was what was going to be anchoring the film. I mean, Mark Ruffalo, you know Ruffalo's going to come to play, you know he's going to be good, there's just, there's just no getting around it. Um, <coughs> but the fact, if it wasn't for the name, if it didn't have the director by Bennett Miller thing, I'd be I'd be thinking, oh, I'm not, not even sure I want to watch this, but with with it being Miller, I mean, Capote I thought was a brilliant. Um, and uh, I really, really liked Moneyball, in spite of my hatred for the Open Athletics. So... <laughs> That was kind of like the thing. It's like if he can, if he can get you to. I didn't really know much about the story, but I knew it was about a murder, and I knew that um, uh, the one guy was still alive. Um, so I sort of could kind of figure it out just based on that. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was going to happen? So um, it was. It's. I was because it was Miller because of that subject matter. Uh, I, I thought if anyone can save it from the train wreck that it looks like it could be in lesser hands, it's him. Okay. Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of the trailer either, and Corral looked terrible, and the nose, just mm. in general, it just looked... The very, teeth. It looked teeth. very gimmicky. Um, but I, I like Channing Tatum, I like Mark Ruffalo, and um, I really liked Bennett Miller's other two films. So, I was... I was prepared. Trepidatious. I was trepidatious, and the longer it went, the more I kept putting off seeing the mm. film. Mm. But I have seen it, so. Mm. <laughs> Into the Woods, preconceptions. <laughs> uh, don't know anything about the. Uh, don't know. Don't know the musical. Uh, I guess that it was a musical because they it was a very similar sort of um, trailer to uh, Sweeney Todd where they just have like one moment of someone just singing a long note. Um, the cast is not my cast, frankly. Uh, but Streep looked quite strangely foxy with the blue hair, and <laughs> I, I, I was thinking at least I was thinking at least she'll be uh, she'll be the, she'll be a reason to watch it. The second half of the blue hair. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. <laughs> okay. Um it's one of my favorite musicals. Stage musicals that I've seen. I um my ex convinced me to watch it. You can watch the original Broadway performance on YouTube. Um so I watched that and I was just I just thought it was really good. Um really loved the music. So I already knew the story. Um but I was worried about them adapting it. I was worried about them adapting. Yeah, I was worried about the casting. I was worried about them adapting it in the wrong way. Um, and Rob Marshall, he did well with Chicago, but he did. This is a different. 
Cat Fish. So, and he did terribly with Memoirs of a Gay Show. So it's. Um, but he's getting less interesting with each film. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We, we, from that to Gay Show to Nine, that's just a. Well, this oh is God, where I, I come about in, nine. and I say that I really, really like the mess that is Nine. I know it's not a good movie. I really, not... really like the uh, stockings on Penelope Cruz in the mess that is Nine, <laughs> but that's about it. I, I completely forgot I mean, that, about that, that film. I mean, that is the only, that is one of the very few times you can say that someone got Oscar nominated for turning all the old guys in the Academy on. <laughs> she doesn't the have few much to times. do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Then I actually think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm generally I really like musicals and I love you know those big stage musicals. I didn't know this one. I hadn't seen it. Uh, stage or the YouTube version um, but I was very excited I'm always excited for classic musicals and uh, I love Chicago I think it's a masterpiece and I even when his movies are not great I still like the Marshall's movies I like Memoirs of a Geisha even though it's not a good movie I kind of love Nine even though it's not a good movie um, did you so, see his um, parts of the Caribbean one no no I did not see that one um but mm. yeah i was excited for this one i uh picked it for first you know uh movie of 2015 uh start as you mean to go on <laughs> okay um foxcatcher begins with uh, olympic and world champion wrestler mark schultz as played by channing tatum Speaking to a primary school load of kids uh, and getting paid $20 uh, for the privilege, he's mistaken by the secretary for his uh, older brother, Dave, who also was an Olympic champion uh, wrestler. And uh, uh, in preparation for the uh, Seoul Olympics in uh, 1988, he gets a phone call from a millionaire philanthropist slash benefactor, uh, John E. Dupont, played by Steve Carell, who invites him to come to his uh, foxcatcher farm to a wrestling facility that he has uh, put there in order to help uh, prospective gold medal athletes train. Mm-hmm. How about right? Yep. yep. Um, so you didn't know the outcome? I kind of guessed, but vaguely. I didn't know the specifics. Yeah, Do you I... think... I had read the story when the movie was announced, but I had forgotten who of the brothers. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. it was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Do you, does it matter? Do you think if you know? I like, think it. I think it helps. Because if you I don't. Think, uh, no, I think it helps if you do, because I, I think they go. They go for a lot of um, dread and, and foreshadowing and. Yeah. Um, they try and build, amp up the tension, because, and it, which I, it, I think would exist a lot more if you know what's going to happen, as opposed to if you don't. Because if you don't know what's going to happen, then there's just a lot of silences. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, yeah, it's weird because the film, the whole film, is kind of strangely muted. Mm. Um, the way that Miller makes it, it's just intentionally chilly, but it's sort of. I found it quite flat and unengaging yeah. in general. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, performances. Yeah. I think he, I think he really relies on the two 
to create an interest in and sustain an interest in the in the characters in this situation. Uh, where and I think uh, I've actually written my first review in over a year on this one. Wow. <laughs> and um, I, I think uh, Carell lacks. I think he's consistent. And I think he's committed. And I think he. Um, I don't think he's terrible. I think he looked. No. I think just it's just the way it came across in the trailer. But yep. I think in in order for where the character and the situation goes, I think he lacks edge to it. To it, and uh... I don't. Yeah, I don't think any of the three excel, which is a big problem. Um, you don't think Ruffalo excels? I think Ruffalo's he's good, the best. I, he's the best, but I don't think the character is much of a challenge. I think no. it is much of a challenge because he has to, you know, uh, he's, he's so. Torn. He's torn. Yeah. He's got a lot of different things to go to go through. The, the family, the brother, the um, uh, then his uh, employment, etc., uh, etc. Et but I it's not the... just that he has to carry, you know, all the uh, light and warmth of the movie. It's him, and it's just him. And in such a drab and dreary movie, I think yeah. it's amazing that when he shows up, you you actually feel it. You know, you feel the the sweetness and the that something good is happening. It's. I think where he's the best is where he's reacting to Dupont, mm-hmm. and you kind of get because he's the one that's showed up and is a lot cleverer um, than yeah. Channing's character, and is suddenly like realizing, oh, this is um, <laughs> this is not quite right, and um, so I think he's good in that way, and I think he's really good in his last scene. Yeah. And the, the scene with the camera where he's being interviewed by the documentary—that's obviously. Um, that's the biggest acting challenge for him in it because he's got a lot of uh, he's got to work on a couple of levels there. Yeah. But yeah. But the fu- the actual final ten minutes had very little effect on me um, emotionally mm. or or physically. Mm. <laughs> I I think it's just I don't think this is a bad film. I think it's all right. Yeah. But um, I just the way that I think you're right. I think it is the acting. I think they need better performances and I think they need better dynamics between the characters because I just didn't find any of the dynamics particularly um, intricate or... Well, well, I think actually they've, they've made some dynamics, they've amplified some dynamics between the brothers which, I mean, because I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have guessed from this because obviously Ruffalo's a lot older than um, uh, Tatum. Yeah, but in, re- in real life, they're much, much closer in age, and they won gold at the same Olympics. Now, I, this is one of those examples where I think that what they've changed from real life into the story actually helps because I think uh, if you give Channing the sort of like um, dwarfed by his brother's achievements, it's something that drives him on, or uh, and it also haunts him, all that sort of stuff. I think that is actually adding something um, to to that relationship, which isn't is maybe a bit more than was in real life, but. Um, with the others, I think it's more they're very, 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 very much interested in the psychology between uh, of Carell and um, uh, Tatum's characters. And my problem with it is that the psychology by the end works. The psycho- you, you, when you when you when you watch what's happened with like Carell with the mommy issues and the that pathetic, yeah. that pathetic training session oh, he takes. Oh my god! That was just tragic. I, I tragic. actually that put my hands on my eyes. Yeah, tragic, painful. tragic, tragic, tragic. Um, I mean that all works great. It really works well, and I, I can be- and you can see when Channing has the scene where he like breaks the mirror. You you know that he's just been systematically destroyed psychologically, and it does work. 
But the problem for me was that there's too many gaps skated over in in the nuts and bolts of how all that comes across uh, comes about. So it's like suddenly it's like bang, one scene later, oh we're in a helicopter, bang, now we're in behind the <laughs> candelabra. <laughs> This thing, yeah, and it explains things too much. Like, the whole thing where he just suddenly comes out with it, his mother paid some guy be his friend. Yeah. I just yeah. thought that was that was way too uh, clearly defined. Well, I think that's that's very clearly defined, but then it doesn't ever really... I mean, it's, it's obvious that he is doing the same thing with Tatum, but they never actually push that one home. They, 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 I think they do the four... The, the, they start off, quite obviously, like... Uh, but then don't actually... I think they do go for some subtext, but I think in going for the subtext, uh, they sort of like make it too clunky in, in the process for it, for it to really uh, to really work. Yeah. It just doesn't compel. Although it's like you said, that it doesn't have an effect on you the last 10 minutes. I think that's the problem. I think it doesn't compel dramatically, and I think that's because it's a film that feels simultaneously rushed and uh, and drags. Because all all the individual scenes, uh, uh, they go for the eeriness and they add all these silences and they're trying and they try and uh, amp it up, Uh, but then they skate everything in between. So it's just it's a bit hiddy piddy and you don't it doesn't have a genuine flow to it in terms of narrative or in terms of like smoothness of of running time. Yeah, it's just sort of endlessly miserable, really. Um, I think if you look at what he did so brilliantly in Capote, you see what this film really lacks, and that's the uh, the somber subject matter, but the lightness between of, of the relationships, uh, but with with, with with that Capote had on the outside of that, and so that then amplifies when you go to the darker places within the story. That uh, having had the lightness on the outside, that really uh, uh, brings it home even more. But. With this, it's it's completely the opposite because they, because instead of looking at it from the after after aftermath, they're going for the for the build up, and it's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah, and How he do hasn't you... got yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it winning uh, best director in Cannes this year? They probably just didn't have anywhere else to reward it. I think it should have been. I wouldn't have minded if it had won the camera door for um, Greg Fraser's cinematography because mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, like really kind of pallid and made the whole foxcatcher house um, the horses seem sort of haunting. Yeah, the horses scene was really beautiful. Yeah. The imagery, this is the thing, the imagery good. It's the, it's the annoying thing with it. Some of it's well done. <laughs> it, it, it is well shot. It does Most of it is well done. But yeah. There's something missing. Screenwriting slash editing, I think, is the biggest problem. And then it lacks a, a transformative, upli- uplifting in terms of quality performance uh, to really to really anchor it. The the the, fra- the phrase I used on in my review of it was it's 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 like uh, dragging a tree trunk through 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 some through the snow. It looks the scenery looks lovely, but it's just a lurching effort, <laughs> and and that's what that's what that's I really good. feel with this. That's, that's what I, that's that's how I feel with this film. It's uh, needs more Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, one scene. <laughs> I mean, pathetic. I mean, well, well, but I mean, again, she's there for the for Carell's psychology, and that does work. Yeah. It, it it does work. I mean, he's clearly the man's clearly got a personality disorder. There's no getting around it. Um, Channing. Not impressed with Channing. Thought he was the weakest there. Serviceable. I thought he was. 
okay. He was okay. Yeah. I don't think he. I don't think he was bad, but I don't think he. I don't think the character really allows him. He just has to do anything particularly impressive. He just brood away, and he does. He's okay with it, but I mean, it does strip away most of the things that make him interesting-ish as an actor. And I don't think he's particularly interesting as an actor. But well, he's got no charisma yeah. in this, which is no. yeah. But then that's kind of the point that he just gets his character systematically just gets stripped down, and has mm-hmm. and has all everything just gets stripped away from him. You were talking last week about how you think this is like the only shot against Boyhood. Yeah, no. Never going to yeah. happen. Having no. seen it, yeah. <laughs> having seen it. Well, it was just in theory, but I mean, having seen it, no. It's too cold. Yeah, it is It is pretty arctic. It's, an, it's a movie that's impossible to love. It's impossible to feel passionate about it. Mm. So, yeah. Well, it's I a was... bit like The Master. Like, it, you can see it getting yeah. active nominations, but... It, it was uh, there was a possibility that I was gonna have to see it the next day, the next day after seeing it. I saw it on Friday night. There was a possibility I was gonna take someone, a friend, to see it because they don't, they've got kids <laughs> and they don't get out that much. And so I thought well, it was if that or into the woods. So I said if it's good, I will go and see it again. But this is the sort of film I might consider seeing it again, but I certainly wouldn't see it again twenty four hours after having seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker for punishment. Mm. Um, I'm giving this a C plus. Yeah, six out of ten, decent, but uh, has its merits. But a lot. Of yeah, it was the it was a seven when I walked seven out of ten when I walked out because it really did put me in the mood. But the more I think about it, the less I like it. Still, it's an interesting movie. Mm. It's a six out of ten. Mm. Cool. Okay, right. so on to Into the Woods. Into the Woods um, we go. Into the Woods. <laughs> uh, I stopped short of actually singing that. <laughs> I wish. Even though I have actually seen this twice this week. <laughs> okay, um, this is about a baker who's played by James Corden uh, and his wife, uh, who's played by Emily Blunt. They live in a community of fairy tale characters. One day, the witch who lives next door, who's played by Meryl Streep. Uh, announces that there is the curse upon his family tree and that uh, every there will not be a child born from the family because of something that James Corden's father's done. Um, he so stole she her says, beans. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> beans, beans. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she says that they need to... There's a blue moon coming up in three days and she needs... And a blue rinse. <laughs> Yes, and she needs to get them to collect um, the slipper as pure as gold, the cow as white as milk, the hair as yellow as corn, and the cape as red as blood. The cape, yeah. So um, they do that. (laughs) They attempt to do that. Meanwhile, their Cinderella. Uh, who's played by Anna Kendrick is going to the what is now a three-day festival ball. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, the Glast- it's the Glastonbury of, uh, of fairy tales. <laughs> um, and also, there's asides involving Jack and the Beanstalk and Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. And Pete, <laughs> I've seen Pete's Facebook comments so. 
because you weren't liking this definitely after 20 minutes so did that improve for you um well no I, I didn't end up liking it at all I think the first half is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life I think it's a stone cold 1 out of 10 I think it's absolutely appalling I think it's less bad than that in the second half but um I just what's, hate it. what's I, the I, turning point um, went the halfway point when uh, uh, giant when, when Streep uh, starts looking foxy. Um, oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So when yeah, literally halfway through. Um, but no, I I I I can't remember a single tune in this. There are no courses to any of the songs. It's all just that stagey um, dialogue. Um, dialogue as sometimes song. Sometimes very sort of actor. It's more mm. like an actor's. Uh, but the thing is, I don't want to complain about that because it's not as if that is necessarily, by definition, uh, something that's bad. Because if you take something like The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, it's all sung uh, in a similar way. But this has n- that was not about, even though it's a musical, it wasn't really about, it, it was about the charm, it was about the gorgeousness, and it was about the story. And here the story is just lame, the characters are appalling. It, it, the, a ca- the casting is just abominable. I mean, Corden. Oh my God, no! The girl playing Little Red Riding Hood. I mean, the, basically, the top, the bottom eight of my supporting actress uh, lineup this year is from this film. It's just <laughs> everybody disgraces themselves apart from Emily Blunt and Johnny Depp. Really? And, and, and Johnny Depp's got the worst song because it's just oh, the paedophilic overtones. I. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's. I thought that was interesting. But he's okay. But but he's okay. I mean, the thing is, he's okay, and and Blunt does fine with I thought the, Emily the dross Blunt, that she's given. I thought she was great. I think I, she's fantastic too. She's in my she, top five. She's so she's got a great um, comic tone to her. I think her and Corden as well together mm-hmm. are really really sell it. Yeah. Can I just point? Can I point out the worst thing about this film though? What's Chris that? Pine. Chris Pine. Oh come that, on! That, when when they're singing about agony beyond agony. compare, it's like yeah, I'm I know I'm watching this shite. I like that song. And then they're just ripping their shirts open. Yeah, it's so fun. On the top of the same waterfall that Kevin Costner had a stick fight with Fry Tuck in Robin and Prince of Thieves. <laughs> That's the whole that is the point. Most random reference. <laughs> That's the whole point of that scene, though. I think they're completely aware of what they're doing, and it's so right. unapologetically fun. Do you, do you know what I thought of? It's the final shot of that where it like pans up over the top of the waterfall, and you see the sunset in the background. I just thought, I cannot believe that this is the guy who did shot the say, the last number in Chicago with um, Renee and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones on stage with the machine guns. Mm. Which is just brilliant, which is absolutely perfect and just arresting and just gets the it literally gets the hairs on on your on your arms um just tingling. Well this is this is my issue, because um, I love the music, um I love the story, but I think I have a problem with Disney making this. I d I don't think It strips away all this the 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 What's it's the word too, I'm looking for? Uh, they've just gone. It's too. They're too CGI heavy these days, and it's not what yeah. the film needs. If you look it, at oh, you mean that way? Okay. If I you thought... look at something like The Wizard of Oz, all created with studio sets, mm. I think that's a way better way to bring the setting to life. So um, I, I thought you were going to talk then about um, how um, 
the original stage play, uh, play, uh, the, uh, uh, deconstructed the, the myth a lot more with like the sort of, uh, what happens with uh, the the women and the affairs and all that sort of stuff? Um, whereas yeah. Disney's never going to do that. Well, they go yeah. close enough. Well, it's not. It's the spect. It's just spectacle over story. I feel, and it's and it, this the budget for this fifty million. Fifty hmm. million. Jack it, the Giant Slayer got one hundred seventy five million. Hmm. It looks good I, for fifty million. I don't think it be, looks be. good. I think it looks. But ba- I like this movie, but I think it looks really bad. I think the effects are terrible. I think every time... That's because they've spent it all on the cast. Yeah. Every time that strip appeared and disappeared, it was embarrassing. You know, the poof. Well, yeah, that's because she's so bad. <laughs> no. She's not I think bad. She's... Built, I, think I, thought you... she's, I thought she's uh, beyond career worse. I've just, I just, I, never seen a Meryl Streep performance before. I would think, who the hell is this woman and why, how did she get work? I think sometimes she's the way she mimes um, is a little bit frantic, but um, I like the music. I think the recording of the music that she does for the film mm-hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm. Well, to stay with me, I really like that song. To be fair, Depp didn't sound half as bad as he did in um, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Todd. So I give I got to give Marshall some sort of props for that. It's. What's really, like, I found appealing in the first place about the story is just that everybody's, um, there's not a likeable person in the film, if you think about it, because no. they're all um, after themselves. They're all about their own concerns. <laughs> and they're, like, thieving, they're murdering, they're exploiting kids. Jagging. And apart from the giant. Yeah. Who's, who's actually been wronged. It's sort of like... You know when Manola was talking about, joking about Basic Instinct 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being an allegory. It's sort of like, this is like an allegory for America's... Foreign policy. Aggressive foreign policy. Just <laughs> piss people off and then suddenly be surprised when they attack you. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was your favourite uh, numbers? Um, I liked the last one. Oh, you Are yeah. Not Alone, is it? Mm-hmm. And the children will listen. No. Yeah. yeah, and the one that the kid sings, the little lad, giants in the sky. Ah, uh, yeah. I like the one. I uh, I want I to am, kill him. <laughs> I am obsessed with uh, Cinderella song on the steps of the palace, both the yeah. scene and the song. I love really, it. Really, I'm I'm obsessed with the picture of Julianne Moore and um, Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the, the best friends. No. <laughs> The, the real redhead and the fake redhead. <laughs> um, and I also really, really liked Emily Blunt's last song, the uh, Moments in the Woods. Yeah, I love. As yeah, a, yeah it's beautiful. The, the, that was one. That, that was the best moment of the film for me. Her delivery of the word "whatever" when she was talking about <laughs> what, you, what you do with a prince. Yeah, <laughs> she's so funny. She's great. But the, problem, but the problem with I, I saw with, um, I think it was Wendy Ide's review of it, she gave it, she gave it this three stars. My mother shoved it in my face when I told her that I hated this film. She's like, well. <laughs> oh, Wendy. <laughs> She's like, good performances, elevate it, Peter. I'm like, oh, really, mother? Have you heard the word subjectivity? <laughs> but, Ke- um, Kendrick's, Kendrick's singing's really good, because okay. she's from a stage background. She's like the only one. 
Mm-hmm. But I think uh, there's absolute. I think it depend. It, it depends on Corden and Blunt, and there's just zero chemistry. There's zero believability to that relationship for me. I think if I bought more into them, then um, you'd add a star to the film, basically. Mm. But then that would only be two stars. <laughs> Ooh, I well, I kind of did buy into them. Yeah, I did buy into them too. Into her, yeah, not basically, him. and uh, but she was good I, enough to. I bought into her wanting to go with Chris Pine over James Corden. Yes, <laughs> Chris Pine. I thought he was all right, but he's no um, Hammer, is he really? No, Razzie. no, no, no. Yes, that's what it needed to be. That's what he needed to be. Razzie win for me, Chris Pine in this. B minus seven out of ten. And a big, big heart. <laughs> very, very, very generous two out of ten. God. Okay. <laughs> it's the second week in a row I've had a two out of ten. I know. Isn't this the time of year when we're supposed to have good films? <laughs> okay. Are we going to do Red Light Strict? Yes. Sure. Okay, yeah. so this is where we pimp. Mm. Um... See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> the films from the last, how well since the last time we did it that we yeah. see. Who wants to start us off? Beginners. Nice. <laughs> my my first Blu-ray that I watched. No, second Blu-ray. But it was in the first batch of Blu-rays that I bought. Did I mention this last time? Which was I the first? Think so. Hmm. I think you mentioned yeah. Melanie Laurent last week because she was an enemy. Uh, maybe that's what. But yeah, um, I liked it more this time. I, I think I got more from it. I yeah. Think, I think uh, the uh, there's more insights and there's more... Uh, I think I really like Ewan's, um, spe- Ewan's speech with the dog in the park. is just great. Hmm. <laughs> go, go be with your people. <laughs> I love that film. Yeah. I, I hope the guy's doing something else. Mike Mills. Yeah, well, it was the first... Was it a debut? No, he did Thumbsucker before that. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Are really? Okay, yeah, I have three movies. Uh, I'll take them chronologically. Uh, the first one that I saw recently that I hadn't seen before was uh, Clear from 5 to 7. Uh, the Agnes I'm worried that. about that. Is that good art? <laughs> Uh, no, it's no, yes, it's Agnes Varda, yes, oh. and it follows Cleo from five o'clock to seven o'clock. It's, she's she's waiting for some test results, um, and it just follows her around uh, while she waits it... for the result. I I loved it. It's gorgeous. It's it's very uh, sweet. It's very beautiful, and uh, yeah, I think. Is it real time? Like, is it two hours um, exactly? Or no, it's it... not two hours exactly, and it's jumps it's in segments it's like Cleo from uh, 510 to 517 and then it's Cleo from uh, 522 to 526 you know whatever she's yeah. doing uh i really really liked it i had heard a lot of things about this movie and it lived up to everything cool. um i watched force majeure hey the swedish foreign language Thoughtful. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Yes. It's just it's very strange film because you don't know whether to laugh or not at times. So crazy. 
it's there's a moment where the guy is just hysterically crying and it was <laughs> I was just in his I was just laughing the whole way through because it's just ridiculous. Um but it just really I found it really interesting from like a family perspective. Like when you have a family, do you give up your own are you supposed to become selfless? Do you give up your own um to know your own desires and needs ambitions <laughs> and needs yeah so it's weird though <laughs> I, think, I think i think mostly you just give me time in your bank account <laughs> <laughs> oh, well that's what he's doing until it's not working for him it's such a great movie uh did you love the other couples come yeah yeah that was funny when they're in the lift <laughs> yes having the argument that was good yeah. so amazing i really like it um i'm just gonna add one in quickly uh and then do another one straight away i also rewatched um uh, alice in the cities uh Ooh. which is basically it's paris texas in german and, and in black and white about eight years before we uh vendors actually made paris texas <laughs> sounds and awesome it is brilliant it's just a beautiful film uh the girl, it's basically, instead of taking a boy back to meet his mother, he uh, takes a girl away from his mother so she, she can uh, leave New York. And so basically she's going to meet them back in uh, Germany. And then she doesn't turn up on the first flight, so he's got to go and try and take the, the girls to, trying to take him to her grandmother's house. And the relationship between the two is, is brilliant. It's, uh, the photography is wonderful. The performance is the first rate. It's a, it's a five-star Stone Cold classic. Um ones I haven't seen before um, the first one I'm going to talk about is um, Court Cuisine which is uh, Catherine Froh um, playing someone who was the uh, uh, chef to um, Mitterrand mm. uh, it's, a, it's a good film uh, but there's a really dodgy um, framing device where she's like now cooking in the Arctic and uh, it just re- really doesn't need to be there. It's, 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 it, 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 it should just focus in on uh, the, her just being some like uh, local chef who just gets plucked out to um, make these meals and just go through the um, uh, political. Um, uh, it's like the devil wears Prada, but with um, souffles. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that would be the way to do this film. But um, Fro is very good. I can see why she she always gets attention in in, in, in France. But uh, yeah, very decent watch. Nice. Uh, Okay, so the other one I saw that I hadn't seen before was uh, the Elias Carax movie, uh, The Night is Young, from 1986, uh, with uh, Michel Piccoli, Juliette Pinos, Daniela Vand, and the baby, uh, Julie Delpy. And, uh, (laughs) uh, oh my God, It's, it's, it's just amazing. It's so beautiful. It's so energetic. It has... A ridiculous dance se- sequence uh, where Denis Levant is dancing in a sidewalk. It's a very joyful movie and uh, it's it's gorgeous and I loved it. Cool. Joyful, correct, really. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Speaking of joyful, I watched Goodbye to Language. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why? I thought it was excellent. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 2D or 3D? 3D. I actually bought the glasses and watched it in 3D. Okay. Downloads. You know um those red and blue glasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You download a copy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
of that. And then I don't know how I can talk without insulting you in my next sentence. <laughs> just, really don't, don't. just don't bother that. I know, no, I think I might actually seriously bend you if I open my mouth a bit more. <laughs> Carry on. Pete would detest this film. It's got no, <laughs> it's got no story. Um, it's constantly mocking um, social media. Mm-hmm. As actually... Considering what you said about Facebook, (laughs) it's mocking people who are not engaging with culture properly because um, they're too busy liking stuff. Yeah. So it's (laughs) so it's based on that, but it's less cynical than than I thought it was going to be. It's just more kind of mournful of it, which is why I like this more than I thought I was going to. Um, But it does have this kind of strange relationship drama going on, um, a bleak relationship drama in the middle of it and um, there is like an image there's like images of dogs shitting in woods which is I think Pete would turn off at that point if he ever turned on (laughs) Goddard will never turn me on, well well, this is the man who cast Bridget Bardot in Lemepri, but uh. <laughs> well, there is there is some Lady Garden action in this. Garden action, <laughs> oh God! The Jardinier, Jardinier du jour. <laughs> oh God! Okay, any more? Anyone? No. Yes. Uh, okay. Go um, on. What, what was my uh, other one? Uh, yeah, Hannah Arendt, which I watched last night on mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, really, really, really good stuff. Uh, it's about a, a woman who was a called Hannah Arendt, who was true story, who was a philosopher slash political theorist who offered her services to the New Yorker when Eichmann got um, uh, captured in uh, Argentina and he got, uh, was taken back to uh, be on trial in Israel. She offered to go and um, uh, recover the trial for the New Yorker, and then she just uh, essentially she. Uh, they, they were all saying she was watching it and they're saying oh yeah isn't, it, isn't he such a monster and she was just struck by the mediocrity of the man she's no he's not a monster at all and um, mm-hmm. so uh, she ended up write, writing a 300 page uh, thing of course with 10 pages of which uh, caused a lot of controversy with from um, Jewish people because she was uh, suggesting that uh, based suggesting that some of the leadership was complicit and there's no way that the Nazis could have killed 6 million people without because uh, uh, Without some sort of organisation, i.e., not defending, uh, completely descending into chaos, and uh, there's the question of whether she was being an apologist for um, Eichmann because she just didn't think that he had. She just thought he was uh, uh, didn't have it in him to do that. No, the, no, no not necessarily that. It's just the banality of it all, and that he just um, he just he, he was unable to think because <laughs> he was just because he was just a uh, he was just concerned with the logistics of it all. Uh, it's just really interesting. Uh, but uh, Sukova is is the uh, lead actress, and she, think an older Juliet Binoche, older German-ish Juliet Binoche. Very very fine performance. Uh, interesting film. Well made. It's very very worth checking out. Nice. What year is it? It's twenty thirteen. Oh, nice. I think it was like uh, festivals at the end of twenty twelve, and then uh, actually released last year. I think. Cool. Cool. Uh, for something completely different, uh, I have watched, I don't know, since the last time we've talked, about three times, I 
keep watching the same movie. Uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, a romantic comedy by Joni Toll, uh, which is... Um, a romantic comedy, comedy by, by Joni Toll. It's like the classic 90s American romantic comedy made by Joni Toll in Hong Kong in 2011. Made by Yeah. Well, like You've Got Mail. Yes, yes, that kind of thing. Exactly that kind of thing. And it's it, it's so so great. I've literally watched it three times it's, in the last three like, months. It's like, it's like Guy Ritchie doing it. A... No, 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 just do give it a try. <laughs> Swept away. Well, no, 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 because Guy Ritchie at least has comedy in his films. I'm trying to think what, what a good comparison would be. It's just a sort of standard action director. Uh, it's um, both funny and romantic. Kind of. Yeah, so it's just, mm. I don't know. I really like it. It's called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Who's and it's it? um, uh, Daniel Wu and uh, yes. uh, the guy, did you see Drag War? His, uh, no. did last year. Daniel Wu was in uh, One Night in Mongkok with Cecilia Chung. He's yeah, he's good. Uh, it's it's a really sweet, it's a really charming movie. I I love it. It's 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 you got male. It's a you got male kind of movie. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> if that's your thing, do watch it. Okay. You're talking um, to the man who watched the uh, Chinese remake of What Women Want with Gong Li and uh, Andy Lau. <laughs> that's why I'm talking to you. But that, that's because it had Gong Li and Andy Lau in it. <laughs> okay, I have one more. Um, it's from 1955. It's called Trial, and I only watched it because it's got a supporting actor nomination for mm. Arthur Kennedy. Oh, mm. and it's about a young uh, Hispanic kid who gets arrested and tried for murder. Uh, and Henry murder- and Henry Fonda's in the jury. <laughs> the murder of this white girl. Um, and Glenn Ford plays the lead, and he's great. Um, like the defense does, lawyer. Does Jan Crane play the uh, young, <laughs> young Hispanic lad? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bring that up. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> um, I, I really like Pinky. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Oh God! Um, Dorothy McGuire's in it as well, but Glenn Ford's great. Arthur Kennedy's pretty good, so but he lost to Jack Lemmon, which is no great shame. Well, that in, in Mr. Roberts, I mean, yeah, I mean Lemmon was on debut for that, and it's just a, it's a total scene stealing uh, role. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, we're going to close by talking about the. Impending Oscar nominations, which are coming out on Thursday. Dum dum dum. dum yeah, I'll insert some almond music. I can't now, believe you haven't even talked about the BAFTA nominations. Oh. Well, this is the problem. Well, we can talk about it now with what they mean. They're bad. Yeah, they're really really, really bad. bad. Everyone was going on. Uh, what what I've read on like the in the news that was going on about the Mr. Turner snub, the Selma snub. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm really surprised. How is Julianne eligible? Still, Alice isn't coming out till March. (laughs) There are preview screenings for BAFTA members. What utter bullshit. Mm. Well, let's start with with Best Picture, because Grand Budapest did really well at the BAFTAs. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sh- if somebody had told me that Grand Budapest Hotel would be nominated for Best Picture back in March or whatever, I would have said no way. Hmm. And here we it's, are. Because it's weird. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that it's doing so well, Rainy? Well, because it is weird, but it also has a little bit of everything in it. And uh, I what, think... What, the Nazi stuff? Well, yeah, the Nazi stuff and the Jewish stuff, but I think that it's it really is a culmination of, you know, everything that Wes Anderson's ever done, so... If well, it's people... like a Jarvis Cocker singing halfway through. <laughs> it could have. Uh, so, if people needed time to adjust to his style... And now they've adjusted. This is the perfect movie to, uh, you know. When we say that, I just picture somebody who sat uncomfortably whilst they're on the toilet, and then they just moved. <laughs> so they just, they've adjusted themselves to Wes Anderson's style. <laughs> <laughs> so the BAFTA nominations were Boyhood, Birdman, Grand Budapest Theory of Everything, and Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. So they're they're in, right? Yeah, for yeah. Best Picture. Add Selma, and, and we have Selma, six. Yeah, Selma. Definitely, I think it's going to be nominated. I've seen it. Yeah. It's very emotional. Um, what about Gone Girl? Well, if we're going to nine, from six to nine, I think the seven to nine are in that order. Gone Girl, because mm-hmm. it's very popular. Uh, Whiplash, because mm-hmm. apparently people like it very, very much. And... Foxcatcher, although I find it impossible that someone will put it as their number one movie of the year. But I. Yeah, I, if... I, I, I'm with Cal on this. I, I really bought into The Master, given the. Um, I, 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 I used. When I was. I, I was putting The Master for Best Picture nomination, I was using The Tree of Life as the example uh, as to why I thought that would happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think it will miss out, but I could see it missing out because just yeah. the lack of enthusiasm towards it. I wonder whether Nightcrawler can get that last spot just because it's well, doing Nightcrawler so well. Well, Nightcrawler did well. well. Russo and Jake got nominated at BAFTA, yeah. They got the PGA nomination. Mm-hmm. So. And it seems to be, um, you know, producing more, more uh, passionate reactions. Than Foxcatcher, so who knows? What about something like Unbroken? Nah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think so. Well, the betting is, if I just go on to it, the betting in the UK is Boyhood number one, then Imitation Game, Grand Budapest Hotel, Birdman, Selma, Theory of Everything, and then Unbroken, Foxcatcher, Whiplash, and then you're getting into the most violent year. Interstellar, can... Into the Woods, Nightcrawler, Gone Girl. This I think... is to win. This is to win. Oh, uh, no. Is American Sniper a complete no? They got a PGA <sighs> and um, editing. Yeah. The editing guild nominated it, so yeah, is, that could happen. Is Mr. Turner a no because of the other British prestige stuff that's there? Or is it just yes. a no? Or is it just a no because it's Mike Lee and they don't like him that much? It's just the writers who like him and the directors. Hmm. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. See, if we go on to director, I can see Michael Lee getting in there definitely. Really, it's, it's such a director's film. You know. Well, okay, it's... when we go to director, we have Linklater and Yari too that we know are for sure getting in. Yeah. And then we have three spots to fill, and I have six names. Uh, uh... Well, you've got to ask the question: What would be the top five, and then have four of them? 
So if you think Grand Budapest Hotel is in the top five, Anderson's probably going to be in. Yeah. I think, yeah, unless... If you think think the theory of everything... Well, they usually go boring, so if you think the theory of everything's in the top five, then Marsh is probably in. Yeah, and then you get... I think Mort and Tilden will get nominated. Yeah. Because I think that's a stronger film than Theory of Everything. Mm. What about the... Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Yeah, the... I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. In the race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Fincher or Ava DuVernay or Damien Chazelle. I could see Fincher sneaking in. Actually, it's like the, it's like the lone direct spot. Mm. I could see Ava DuVernay getting yeah. shut out based on the the director branch being very male and very pernickety. <laughs> I think that I think they'll just go with I don't know. And she's only done three films. But they're kind of mm. passionate about this one. Yeah. So what about I actor? Uh, he well, says certainly moving it along. Actor is interesting <laughs> because I think that the three that are sure to be nominated are not going to win. Keaton, Cumberbatch, Red, Redmayne. I think mm. these three are definitely getting nominated, but I can't see one of them winning. Why? I, I don't know. I just can't. Well, you think it's like, are you I can see right? them all winning. Really? I don't think... I can't see Cumberbatch winning. Um, I, I would... I know Keith, now Keaton and Redmayne are joint favourites, um, but I don't really buy that just because Redmayne... I think that... <laughs> well, their whoever... top five is... Their top five is Keaton and then Redmayne Evans, Cumberbatch 9 to 1, Carell uh, 22 to 1, Ayalowo 25 to 1, and then you go to the uh, Spall, Gil- Gyllenhaal. I, I think Gyllenhaal... Hmm? You think Gyllenhaal what? I was going to say, I think Gyllenhaal's got a better chance than Spall just because I think the film will be more accessible and it's more of a... Uh, it's more of a performance... I would have said Spall before the BAFTA snub. Mm. Yeah. Because if he hasn't even got the British core vote, then... Just, yeah. You know. Mm. But I still think he's got a chance. I, oh. I, would, I wouldn't have said Jake just because he's a bit too young, but... Um, but the they really like it. Really well. yeah. Yeah. I actually think... I actually, if, I, if I was predicting this right now, I'd, I'd go obviously the obvious three, and then I'd mm-hmm. go Oyelowo and Jake, because uh, I can see Carell missing out. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think he's respected by them as an actor, and I don't think the film is going to be loved enough uh, to carry him through. Yeah. If I have one wish for all the uh, nominations, if I could, you know, pick one thing, it would be somehow getting fines in the best actor because I do think that this is the best performance of the year in any category. In any, uh, race. He's so funny. He's he's incredible, and I think that yeah. That would be my one wish if I had can one. I ask, can I ask a stupid question? Yes, please. Ella Coltrane. No. Ooh. But if they love the film, this is my this is my question. This is just just a question. No, no possible. No no chance whatsoever. Uh, too young. Mm. No. Yeah. Or too many viable alternatives. Exactly. Hmm. Right, uh, uh, actress, obviously, Julianne's winning. So. Yeah, okay. And obviously... That, I think there's four... I mean, there's four obvious ones mm-hmm. here. Agree. Um, that's... Uh, Amy, Reese, and no. Mike? No, no. 
Reese Reese Jones and Pike. Reese Jones, Pike, and Moore, and then you have Amy Aniston for the fifth spot. I just watched Aniston today, and I thought she was brilliant. Really, really unexpectedly good. So see, I'm hoping. See, I can see Jones missing out because it's so unflashy. Yeah, but they like the movie. I can see Witherspoon missing out. I'm afraid of that. Yeah. Um. Do but I, I, Amy, they just love her. The Oscars, they'll nominate her for everything. Yep. <laughs> well, they Do should. She's better than everyone else, apart from more. <laughs> She's not better than Anston. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Do we believe in Marion Cotillard? No. In any? No. Not after the BAFTA snub. Yeah. Okay. Um, supporting actor. Again, th- for obvious ones: Simmons, Ruffalo, Norton, and Hawk. I don't think Duvall's going to get nominated. And who because is? Because it's not a number one spot. I think somebody like Josh Brolin. Really? Um, for Inherent Vice or Reese Ahmed for Nightcrawler. Or Waltz would be... Oh, <laughs> oh God. Would be the worst. Are they pushing him in supporting? He is supporting, isn't he? He was leading the Globes. Yeah. If If they're pushing him, he's terrible. If they're pushing him in supporting... It's a very smart move, but ugh, I don't know. I I have no idea who's going to fill that spot. It's... Do you want to have a laugh and just hear the hundred and fifty to one shots in Best Actress for uh, uh, on Bet Three Six Five? Okay. Is it stuff that isn't even out? Anne Hathaway, Interstellar, lead actress. <laughs> Shailene Woodley, The Fault in Our Stars. Should be nominated. Anne Doval, Mommy. <laughs> Mommy. Should be nominated. <laughs> Greta Gerwig, The Humbling. Ugh. Is that even out? I hate this movie. I hate this movie so much. Speaking speaking of which, Scarlett Johansson, Under the Skin. Should be nominated. Jessica (laughs) Jessica Chastain, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Should be nominated. Kerry Mulligan, Suffragette. What? That's next year. And Helen Mirren, The Hundred Foot Journey. Those are your 150 to 1 shots to win at Bet365. You may as well take £5 out of your wallet and set fire to it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Supporting actress. um, Okay, four obvious here? How many do you have? I think this this might be obvious. Isn't it the the Globe noms that did us say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plus, um, what about Rene Russo? Okay, wait, we have uh, Patricia Arquette, Emma Stone, Kira Knightley and Meryl Streep. Yeah, and Jessica Chastain. Yeah. But I can see Chastain missing out, actually. Yeah, because oh, that oh. film is going nowhere. Yeah. I can see, like, if they like Wild Laura Dern, maybe? Yes. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. I could see Streep missing out. I could see yeah. Streep missing out, because she's terrible. Yeah, but she is Streep. She is Streep. Yeah, yeah. but Streep doesn't always get... This is, this is a bit sort of common misconception that Streep always gets nominated. She doesn't. In fact, sometimes she gets snubbed with big precursors. Manchurian. Manchurian Candidate, The Hours. Both of those, she had at least two of the three SAG Globe, BAFTA, and she missed out. So, I'd love to see Rene Russo getting over any of them, actually. Yes. Anybody else in the hunt? Apart from... Yeah, Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, who else um. was there? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what about the woman from Selma? You've seen it, uh, Carmen Ejiogo. Well, what is the... Uh... She, 
Well, she has a good crying scene because he cheated on her um, mm. a lot. So, but generally she's not in it that much, so okay. I'd be surprised. Okay. If they really, really like the movie, maybe. But... Yeah. How is it in a week where we've done two films? This is one hour, 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, foreign, quickly, foreign film. Nobody cares. Mummy. <laughs> mummy's not Mommy's not on the short list. Shut really. up, Mummy. <laughs> it's, um, you, it's sound like, you sound like Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> is Leviathan going to get nominated? Mm, yes, I think New York will put that through. Are they, have they got a say in this still? Yeah, I think they, they I don't know. No, well, they have. Why are you asking me? Have they changed it? They have a say in the nine, right? No, no uh, the, the, the panel has... But then how did Dogtooth get nominated? Because of New ah. York. Basically what happens is, as I understand it, the top six from the, from the people who vote for everything goes through to the shortlist. Then there is a panel who add three films to that six to make up the nine. Then of the yeah. nine, there is a panel, there's a group of about 20 to 30 members from New York and Los Angeles who then vote, who watch all those nine films over the weekend, three films a day, and then they, they uh, vote from that. So it's only about 30 people actually voting from the nine, which is why you can get stuff like uh, Warwitch, why you can get stuff uh, like uh, The Milk of Sorrow getting through. Mm. Well, in that case, I think Force Majeure might miss out. Mm. I think Leviathan might get in. Um, either it... Timbuktu, Wild Tales... And tangerines, because tangerines is apparently very popular. But, I mean, I don't know. What about this Venezuelan film with Edgar Ramirez? I've been asking that question every night before I go to sleep for the last seven months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Animated. Last one, animated. Um... What do you think they're going to go commercial or will they pick... um, the Secret of Kells guys film, or the Studio I don't Ghibli. Think they, Ghibli. I film. don't think they. I don't think they're going to pick the Secret of Kells guys film. Uh, just because it's too small. Ghibli maybe. Ghibli, yeah, and uh, well, Lego, and. No way! I can't yeah. see the Oscars. It's too immature, surely, for, for no, the Oscars to go it's, for. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, Big, Big Hero, Hero 6. 6. What about the box, box Trolls? Do you think that'll get in? Could no. happen. The Book of Life is not happening. Um, but yeah, it could, they, it could be for big ones and the uh, Ghibli one, I guess. Okay. Any any other business? Um, I'm hoping that when the plug gets nominated, it will be for... Grand Budapest and not the imitation game. Okay. Wishful thinking. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Ida nominated for cinematography. Yeah. I think that could happen. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um Yeah, I think we're good. Cool. Okay, Shag what we're gonna do Shag or kill. Shag or kill, okay. <laughs> it's brutal. Mm. Um I'm gonna shag into the woods and kill Foxcatcher. Yeah, same, obviously. Swap it round. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the Pootsition. <laughs> the Pootsition, hilarious. Um, Foxcatcher, are there any women in the film? Sienna Miller, Dowdy Sienna Miller. That's a no. 
So Poots still is in gold medal position. <laughs> Into the woods. Well, Mel Streep's the most attractive woman in that film, and uh, that's a no. So gold for gold for, for gold for Poots. Poots position is first. Excellent. Um, Foxcatcher. Channing Tatum. This is against Garrett. Oh no. Garrett Gage. This is the Garrett Gage. So um. <laughs> How do we feel about Garrett Irini? Uh, well, in Unbroken, I have not seen Unbroken, but uh, in my mind, on the road, on the road, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that's gonna be a yes. Yeah, it looks similar to that. Yeah, no, you can't beat that, really. It's <laughs> you can't beat whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Channing, um, say so do. Yeah. Yeah. Be kind. Be kind. Be nice. No, I, I don't. I really, um, I think he's very. Um, I don't know how to say it. Um, I don't so, think he's a good-looking guy, Channing, generally. I like him a lot. I would like him to be my friend, but I really <laughs> don't understand why everybody seems to think that he's so attractive. I don't get it. Um, Ruffalo is can so I, Can I just, before, before, just, just briefly before I um, uh, close my Facebook account, uh, one of my uh, female friends um, put up a, a, a status update which read... How is it that I've only just seen Magic Mike? Holy <laughs> hell, Tatum. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> to which to which I replied, sadly and unsurprisingly, I saw it on opening night. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> just- and I said that uh, McConnell Abs is uh, Star Spangled G-String would stay with me, unfortunately. Joe Manginello will stay with me. Forever. Well, her, well her, her point of view was that na- uh, naked Channing would stay with her, fortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ruffalo Seydoux. Uh, anyone else? In Foxcatch. Oh, actually, Carell looked really good at the Globes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. So Seydoux. No. Compare with, <laughs> compare with Garrett. Edmund, no. no. Um, Into the Woods. Pine? No. No, not against Garrett. Same for similar, the other really. prince. No, come similar. on. No. Cordon's a no. Cordon's a no. Uh, Depp's a no, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the other prince? No. No. Mm-hmm. So it's 1.0 on the Garrett gauge. <laughs> so, it's, so it's not the most elevating of weeks. Definitely not. <laughs> Next week, however, um, we have Reese Witherspoon trolling across the the country Poots in wild. And Poots can rest safely. She definitely can. Um, we have Whiplash. We've got American Miles Teller. S- Miles Teller. We've got American sniper Bradley Cooper in his tight shorts, looking <laughs> looking like a severe Sadu candidate. <laughs> Um, and there's also a film called Testament of Youth. Yeah, that was... With um, Alicia Vikander. Hmm, nice. Yeah, I think, um, I think she's got, I think, say, uh, Poots has got that covered. Okay. <laughs> um, alright, we have a website, it's moveforpodcast.com, you can check out all our grades for everything ever. Um, Twitter at moveforpodcast, Facebook in the Move Podcast, And Irini... Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
made the Oscar nominations. <laughs> when, are they, when are they? Uh, Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. Has anyone got a jam? Um, do I have a jam? Probably. Do you have it to hand? <laughs> I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's, you know, I probably already mentioned it. Um, I have one. It's Madonna. Mm. The new one. Devil Prayer, it's called. <laughs> Which is what she does in front of the mirror every night. Really? <laughs> well, you'd have to if you, well, this is, have to if you marry Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Something's wrong cause my mind is fading And everywhere I look there's a dead end waiting Temperatures dropping at the rotten oasis Stealing kisses from the leprous faces Heads are hanging from the garbage man trees Mouthwash, jukebox, gasoline Pistols are pointing at a poor man's pockets Smiling eyes ripping out of his sockets Got a devil's haircut in my mind Got a devil's haircut Bleeding noses Coming to town With the briefcase blues 